Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In number one on the filth list, apart from films that are on the list. Hmm. That's confusing. Yeah. So that's a confusing lead, and you've confused everyone. <laughs> <laughs> would you guys would you guys Good. say this is rounding out bad cops month? Bad cops month? Oh yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've had a fair amount of bad cops. Who do we have yesterday? What movie did we do yesterday? I forgot. Memories of murder with the bad oh, cops. Oh, that had bad cops too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's all about bad cops. <laughs> My memories are offline, I guess. I don't know. Uh this is Films and Filth, the Citizen Kane of Podcasting. Matt is here. Luke is Mark. over there. Mark's here. Okay. I'm always curious to see how, how <laughs> who will step up to the challenge of that. <laughs> um, I started just hesitating, and then it, it just became the standoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, Zoom standoff is always fun. We <laughs> need an editor to edit that bit out, maybe. Oh, if only someone recorded the audio separately. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, today it's we have an editor. The editor. He's the, the only editor. editor. There are no other editors. Just this guy. He edits every That's movie true. you've seen. Well, he he edited this movie. Right. There are oh, two the... other editors in this movie. Wow. No, but he edited this movie. <laughs> That's Adam cool. Brooks, build as racy, so edited this movie. Okay. So nice. it's works meta maybe unlike yes. the plot <laughs> <laughs> well the plot um, is meta it just also is dada yeah you know what what i'm glad that i'm not doing the plot <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is kind of long but not as long as the wikipedia yeah that that's where yeah, the, the, like... the wikipedia even has the note saying this is too long <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the notes dated 2018 so obviously that person never bothered to even follow up on it <laughs> I watched most of it last night and I need to finish up a bit this morning. I was like, okay, I'll just get my brain, you know, caught up and read the wiki. I was like, oh crap, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is like not helpful at all. <laughs> well, like, no, I finished the film and I was like, I should read the wiki to check I got this. Oh, okay, no, it just it just doesn't make sense. Cool. <laughs> so no, this is my great my great in joke, which was going to be a series of in jokes, but you know, we're going back to the list. But it is that after I made you guys watch a Giallo film, which you'd never seen any of really, I made you watch a parody of Giallo films, which <laughs> I mean, which I, is also a Giallo film and also is a weird, like Philip K. Dick esque mindfuck. This one's, uh... I mean, but it works as a parody just of like 70s exploitation schlock. It's true. There, there aren't a whole lot of in jokes that you would be legitimately because someone like wearing a weird mask of a mannequin still works as a gag. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty standard schlock fare. Of course, this one is Canadian too. So does it really count as giallo? Doesn't have to. That's that's also be... part of the joke. I mean, to okay. me, it is. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> 
Okay, <laughs> so you, you as we said, you just kind of sick this one on us. So uh, how did it come your way, I guess, should be my question to you that you could answer if you were so disposed to. Well, another reason I brought this in is this is one of the good memories of running a film festival because back in the day we uh received uh manborg by astron six which is was a canadian filmmaking collective they've since broken up but um it was a weird thousand dollar movie about a cyborg fighting in the future where all the effects were weird digital effects and uh still really fun really incredible movie and uh tacked on the end of it is biocop did either of you see the biocop trailer before i've heard both those names so maybe but also possibly i heard them from you it's that's possible it's a fake trailer where a cop is just oozing guts gore constantly and just exploding and he keeps just seeing like kill me please i why am i alive (laughs) but um absolutely loved uh biocop and and liked manborg not quite as much as biocop but um they went on to do father's day which was kind of mishandled by trauma, which is about a guy named Chris Fuckman who rapes and murders dads on Father's Day. Um, <laughs> the, anyway. <laughs> oh, there was a little reference to that in this film. Uh-huh, there was. But this, um, this was one where we had a partnership with Atlanta Film Festival. We presented the Atlanta premiere of this film at that film festival, and that's how I saw it. So, uh, so inside chilling for it, you're a shilling yep. today. Uh, the, and and these guys made Psycho Gorman more recently, which a lot more people probably saw. Psycho, so, Gorman. do you guys see Psycho Gorman? No. No, that, that's just kind of your 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 track of film, oh. you know. <laughs> it's a a little kid accidentally summons a, a extremely violent alien who goes around and killing cops and stuff. Remember, Luke and I started off with a sci-fi sanctuary, not a B&G sanctuary. So, you yeah, know, well, <laughs> that, that's more our track. Yeah, I, I'm genuinely not much of a horror guy until you and Andrew make me watch horror films. <laughs> I watch one a year at Halloween. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I hate most horror films, but I like some of them like this one. But uh, and Psycho Gorman. But, you know. OK, anyway, well, here it is. You, you, now you're going to do the plot. Right, mm-hmm. which is yep. hopefully shorter than the wiki. Um, I don't know. That that's why I'm looking forward to seeing how you did the plot because I would have had to do. I would have had to like cut off all my fingers and throw them at people. You know, if I were in charge of the plot. Okay, well here it goes. Ray Ciso was once the greatest editor in the world until he accidentally cut several of his fingers off in an editing accident because he was overwhelmed by his work editing the world's longest film and by his marital troubles. By marital troubles with his wife, Josephine, who is also a huge movie star. Now with one partially wooden hand, Ray is editing a giallo film called Tarantola with his assistant, Bella, who's in love with him, while Josephine sits at home miserable. But in a twist, the stars of the film have started getting murdered in real life. Inspector Porphyry, whose wife went blind because she stumbled onto one of the bodies, has started looking into the case, and he suspects Ray... And not Cal, who is an untalented actor who conveniently now has top billing because the higher billed actors have all been murdered and Cal also has lots of knives. Meanwhile, Ray has found footage of someone who's, which someone left of the murders, but he keeps it secret. Orfrey returns home after looking into Ray's previous insane asylum stay. He is almost attacked by his wife, Marguerite's seeing eye dog, and they have weird and weird sex involving a cake. 
They are then attacked by the murderer, and after holding her captive behind a door, the murderer tricks Porphyry into killing Marguerite with an axe without ever, them ever seeing the killer's face. Another officer named Giancarlo, Giancarlo arrives at the scene, and Porphyry talks his way out of it. Meanwhile, Bella finds the footage that Ray had of the murders and is herself murdered. Ray is then fired and replaced by Giancarlo, who hopes to solve the murder, but also has no experience editing. And he is soon also killed while trying to learn how to edit. The director rehires Ray and is thrilled to find that he has a finished cut of the film. Meanwhile, Porphyry is convinced by a priest that editors have somehow bridges to the netherworld. Cal finds out that Ray has cut him from the film completely and threatens to kill him with a chainsaw, but then he doesn't. Porphyry and Cal conspire to get Ray and Cal. Ray and Cal kidnaps him and forces him to watch him have sex with Josephine, who reveals they've been having an affair and she is going to leave him. But then Cal and his girlfriend Jasmine are also murdered. Porphyry finds Cal's body and then decides to go after Ray. They have a car chase and then find out that Josephine is the real murderer and she would like to be referred to as death. Porphyry accidentally blows the fingers off his hand, but Ray lights her on fire with his wooden hand on fire they hug it out and go their separate ways but then the next day Orfrey finds that nothing is as it seems ray never existed and he is trapped inside the editing machine and also now ray is married to bella okay yeah i Pretty still much. don't this you know what this movie is it's like the the um orb you know the thing that the saudis and trump are hanging around <laughs> yeah it's like looking orb. into the orb yeah it's a black orb in a this pot. case <clears throat> apart from the weird twist which is obviously deliberately meant to make no sense it's not that weird it's just investigating a murder and then it turns out to be someone <laughs> like that's yeah. how films and was... work <laughs> and also the murderer much as we saw a few weeks ago in um in uh, phenomena it doesn't matter who the murderer is and it makes no sense for that person to be the murderer yeah I mean, I think everyone's murdered by that point in the movie, accidentally or intentionally. So, or yeah, in a, only a, a few weird dream left, sequence. So, who can it be? <laughs> well, you know, Cal did kill <laughs> Cesare. That's my point. Everyone murders everybody. <laughs> so, who cares who the murderer is? <laughs> everyone's it doesn't matter. Ki- everyone's killing. That's right. <laughs> um, I so, guess this- Matt, I wonder if you had the same thought I did watching this film, which was this has big Garth Marenghi energy. Yeah, that's all over my yeah. notes. And I was sitting there in, I mean, we have all done a Garth Marenghi podcast. Mark and I did the whole thing. Luke, you were on for like two episodes. I was like, where's mm-hmm. the special sauce for that one? Maybe like like this one was just like, you know, I'm watching it mostly sideways with the editor. Like, huh? Um, is it like not this... quite stupid enough? Is it too well made? I think, I think this, I think this landed. I didn't actually have a beef with this. Okay. I think, um, yeah, I think Garth Marenghi is more like it's more mocking of its source material, whereas this has a slight a slight element of a loving homage. Yeah, but guy, for the most part, I don't think I don't think this is I think this is a good example of what it is. Um, yeah, who played Garth Marenghi? What's his name? Matthew something. You're thinking of his Matthew buddy. Holness. Oh, Matthew yeah, yeah, Holness. Yeah, they're, they're both Matthews. Yeah, yeah. He is just he's an incredibly funny person. Like I don't think right. anybody I don't think anybody doing this is a comedian on that level, but no. it's also not supposed to be that kind of film. This is more of an airplane, which the other reason why I brought this in is because hey, there are good parodies still. 
and we should mm-hmm. get to watch a good parody instead of having to only watch bad ones. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I have the biggest beef, as you said, but I'm definitely going to put way above those. <laughs> you know what? Was yeah, that? I guess this is um, Stan Helsing because yeah. this isn't this isn't like a direct parody of a specific film, right? This is more like Hot Fuzz, where it's parodying the genre. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that yeah. that still exists and works. I'm, that's and it, definitely a better tack to take. It's mm. also a lot like Drive. For like, I don't, can't think of a better comparison than that. But that type of cinema that was happening at the time, where everything is kind of bright and loud, and everyone stares, and it works really well, like Moonlight. Mm. Well, like, was it like a couple of years before of this? That. I think was it Beyond the Black Rainbow kind yeah. of established a bit of this aesthetic, I guess. The slow moving synthor. It's like two thousand nine, yeah. Right? So I think yeah, well, that kind of um, got this ball rolling. This is definitely like just peak vaporwave. I mean, it has Carpenter Brood in it. The music. Oh yeah, yeah. It has I, I was know, some of weirdly, the Hotline Miami two soundtrack basically. Yeah, I was actually weirdly disappointed to see that the music was credited to like eight different people. I was kind of hoping for someone's like a singular synth synthesized mm. vision, which I mean, I, I yeah, this soundtrack's fully up my alley, so I'm not complaining about it, but. I just almost wish it was like one person did the music. I just I I hate to throw everyone under the bus who does that, but I feel like everything like this is multiple artists because synthwave guys have trouble coming up with a whole complete <laughs> vision. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't John know Carpenter why. would make like one song for his movie and then just play it till the end of time. <laughs> I mean, but and the Stranger Things guys, what do they survive? I mean, they're fantastic. I think. I don't know how you guys feel about Stranger Things in general, but I the I love the music. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luke, you're I, I, my I story about Stranger, Stranger Things, things. I, right? I I really like the directing and everything. It's like the plot kind of is all over the place, but I I. Yeah, I I'm not mad at it for any reason. Yeah, the Mark. the one criticism I have of Stranger Things that I agree with, which I've heard many times, is that each season is like one movie's worth of content dragged out for nine episodes. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the, the, the episodes only... are the same length as movies. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing that ever really made me mad enough to actually post about on the internet was there was something like a thirty-minute reveal of something that was made obvious before the reveal happened in the last mm-hmm. season. Like who that guy was. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of everyone being like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, I this would be a repeat on the podcast, but you've heard mm-hmm. my experience with Stranger Things, right? No. I, I, I've only seen like maybe the first two episodes of the first season. So most of my knowledge about Stranger Things was by playing and finishing the, the dumb iPad Zelda ripoff game that was themed <laughs> on Stranger Things. So I played that entire <laughs> game for some reason, but I haven't actually watched the show. Even though in season three, like that arcade, they're like their eighties arcade is is you and I's eighties arcade. It's in what Gwinnett Mall, right? Okay, well, technically that was yours and not mine, but you never went there. Also, okay. Also, they filmed that entire scene just in the the food court that they kind of built. But I mean, I yeah. I. Think the first time I ever set foot in Gwinnett Mall was probably in the nineties. Oh, okay, yeah. I just, yeah, my parents just, my uh, my dad had a big old car and he kind of wouldn't let my mom drive it, and he was afraid to drive on the expressway. Ah, so we okay. 
go I think I'd far. be afraid to drive on the expressway now. It's maybe scarier when you're a big giant car. It's yeah, slow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's my Stranger Things. Uh, weirdly, I'm coming. I, I had the um, dumb casual gamer angle on that one. I don't know. I guess it wasn't quite a casual game. It had it had it was like you know that's the Super Nintendo Zelda. I yeah, I haven't uh, played it, so I can't comment. But I think right. I got it for free from one of those PC game things that gives you games for free. Um, you get it for free now on the phone because Netflix has like a game section. That's right. I think yeah, I got uh, it every now free. and then they throw in like some pretty legit games. Yeah, like, po- even, po- I got into the breach. Oh hell yeah! Uh, point Point P. Yeah, Point P as well. Yeah, pretty good. I had big downwell chance. <laughs> glad that. So, oh. since we don't have any name actors in the editor, I, I'm just <laughs> thinking of like. Oh, there there one, are a couple name actors. Well, we got we got our human oh. caterpillar Lawrence P. Harvey back, of course. <laughs> Did um, you call him a hell, human caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, I did it again. I did it again. Okay. He's a human caterpillar. No, by himself, he's a human caterpillar. But he made a human yeah. Okay. He does sorry. kind of look like a guy who would be a human caterpillar. It's, it's yeah, fair. I guess he's a little more chill in this one. But yeah, um, he can act in this because he gets to talk. Right, right. <laughs> it's very, very exciting. Right. Well, uh, one, of course, the hairstyles are the actual stars. But then otherwise, I'm just like, like Adam Brooks. Um, I just kept thinking that. I was like mentally pasting Will Forte onto him, right? And then, <laughs> and then of course uh, I got a Jake Boosie on Cal. Uh, so I'm just kind of grafting actor personas as I'm watching it, for whatever reason. I guess I need something familiar sometimes, especially when the plot is uh, having ADHR whiplash. Well, the big the big names are Paz de la Huerta, who I do not know very well, but I know she's in things. Yeah, she was in a bunch. She was mostly in TV stuff. I think she was in True World War Empire and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and uh, um, Udo Kier, who Udo Kier should show up in something else, but I don't know what on our list. Um, oh, he's in oh, a and ton the, of stuff. The ins- he's the inspector. The inspector. I was thinking of a young Bruce Stern, of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's probably what they're going for anyway. Well, Inspector is the co-director along with the guy who played Racy So and. Uh, I think th- them and the guy who played Cal are in Astron 6. So there's three more people who are in Astron 6. I yeah, I'll, I'll also tell you, I, I think part of my, my beef on the movie is, you know, I had to watch it last night, right? I'm halfway mm-hmm. through Asteroid City and I want to finish Asteroid City. <laughs> but I couldn't oh. finish Asteroid <laughs> City because I was watching the editor. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to take your blood before you... <laughs> Get your that's asteroids. Right. Take your blood before you get your asteroids. That's it's that's a uh, key tenet of life, I believe. <laughs> While we're on actors, though, Connor Sweeney, he played Cal. He should have been in Barbie. He looks exactly like Ken from Toy Story Three. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, of course, I landed on the Jake Boosie, um square, but sure, <laughs> <laughs> you would not want Jake Boosie as 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 Ken. <laughs> <laughs> there are many cans. He could have been one of the cans. That would have been uh, great. He could have been a can. That's right. Oh, can from um, Starship Troopers. I, I I rewatched the Barbie movie and I was distressed to see that not not um Gosling's Ken, but all the other Kens were playing my exact model of acoustic, which 
I didn't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> that means they had that I- Barbie apparently had product placement from Gibson, but yeah, they, you know, they're all playing mine. I'm like, what? what? Huh? I want to play the guitar at people. Sure. <laughs> I still haven't watched that because I'm too busy watching things for podcasts. So right. that's my asteroid city, I guess, which Did I haven't watched the first either. half of Barbie. Yeah. No. Well, okay, that's I guess not it's your asteroid not city. You'd have to be halfway through. It isn't. It isn't. You're right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, Luke. I was curious how your red factor, because we get a fair amount of tarantulas. Is tarantula okay in, uh, as opposed to spider, or does uh, tarantula still fit in? I your... don't love tarantulas, but like they weren't bothering me in this. Okay. My arachnophobia is a lot less than it used to be. Um since moving to Japan and just having to deal with spiders when I go hiking. England doesn't have spiders? Like I've, I've, I've basically accidentally given myself um, exposure therapy. There we go. All okay. Right. Uh, how about halfway killings? On me. How about the halfway killing? You say you don't like what, like, you know, when the... We get uh, a very this, 2000 this, Maniac this style. Firmly... Yeah. No, the, the one that bothered me in 2000 Maniacs was the first one where the tone wasn't comedic and it just looked horrendous. There's not a single scene in this film that isn't ridiculous. <laughs> so none of the violence bothered me in this. Okay. Uh, how about I, a I, favorite I, death? I love the, the, well, it's not actually one of the real deaths. It's the one in the film. They're all well, in the, the film. You the can film. count it. <laughs> no, but like in the fake film that they're making in the film. Mm-hmm. Where he puts the poisonous spider on her and then just kills her with a fucking axe anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like well, a calling I'm card. I'm familiar with my friend, the Brazilian poison spider. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> my note was, did he also axe the spider? Well, I, that's what I thought. I don't think so. Threw the spider as some kind of ritual. Yeah. I think that the spider is on her chest. And they and, just axed mm. her in the bed. And, and there's lots of, I, I guess for me, I, I like, you know, weird stop motion. So I like seeing um, what's, her, what's her name melt on, on fire at the end. Yeah, I was kind of going to say that, even though there's there. I think my favorite scene is the is the thing where he the, the detective goes home and the seeing eye dog is like a vicious German shepherd. Like, that's yeah. my favorite bit. <laughs> I can't get oh, over it. No. My favorite bit is the I bet you five thousand bucks this is a mask. And oh yeah. Falls off her face. <laughs> That's that... a joke that for years I've been saying I would do if I was doing a Mission Impossible parody. But <laughs> turns out someone has beaten me to it. And then and they just stick it right back on and she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, that's something that would have upset me when I was a kid. I bet. I might, but no, I that, might, that's hilarious. That's genius. Yeah, I might have a few of these, but um, things I saw, I think I saw in the movie, and maybe I got it wrong. Near, was was uh the detective playing catch with the dog by throwing a machete, and then he comes back with a severed hand. Was that a machete being thrown? I don't. I think it was the stick, but it the dog still had the the handle from being a seeing eye dog attached to it, which was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and anyway, I, that was one thing I was like, did he just throw a machete? But yeah, maybe it was a stick. <laughs> maybe by that point of the movie, I'm not expecting to see sticks. I'm just expecting to see machetes. <laughs> also, also, a lot okay. of the um, 
the wife slapping humor in this. <laughs> the f- like, so this is the kind of jokes that people like to say you can't make anymore. <laughs> they make yeah, but them here absolutely. because, yeah, they actually there is a joke to it, and it's clearly saying something. It's not just ah, isn't it funny to beat your wife? Yeah, yeah but my absolute my absolute favorite is when it's he's there, the editor's at dinner with his wife, and the detective walks into the scene from absolutely nowhere, slaps his wife for him, tells him he has to control his woman, and then the wife says, yeah, you never slap me. Am I supposed to slap myself? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I did. My first Garth Marenghi note was that we're looking at Garth Marenghi levels of misogyny, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's making fun of, like, schlocky 70s like i don't really know giallo but i know exploitation films and like even james bond used to treat women like that so the way it's played here is legitimately very funny and they do it's not going to get us canceled i don't know i mean it's definitely i don't well think just got anybody canceled i don't <laughs> think it would i mean i don't know I, it's hard <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking I didn't find any reviews that were negative that said this should be canceled or anything like that. I mean, so maybe that's, uh, that's worth someone involved in the movie might have done something horrible later, but that's that's later. That says yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I? Oh, I what? I guess this is my favorite quote in the movie because I wrote it down, which is "That's a great looking penis you've got." Um, yes. <laughs> then he says, "Today's going to be a great day." <laughs> that guy is amazing. The guy who played Cal is like the, the most amazing, intentionally bad actor. He was, I don't know. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was really funny. I mean, you know, they do stumble it because I guess you're dabbling in this like kind of like hyper stylized form of film. Occasionally, there was like one minute or somewhere in the middle uh, where I was like, man, it really does kind of feel like uh, something like Twin Peaks Firewalk with me for about two minutes. The music got very Twin Peaks-y for a minute and uh, that sort of thing. So, hmm. Yeah, it feels kind of like an homage to that. But also Videodrome, it has a, li- a direct Videodrome homage. Oh, right, right. With the, the hand coming out of the editing bay, is, I assume is what we're talking and about. And the tape throbbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Cronenberg. But, but I was going to say, without the body horror, but I guess there's plenty of body horror in this. There's Especially body, if, I mean, if you're into Yeah, the hands. face ripped off. Yeah, but people, aren't, body horror. people aren't turning into weird insectoids or something. So you don't get that. Or weird mm. machinery like Extastens, you know. So that's the question. Can you have body horror without mutation? Can, can yeah, you to me, body horror is not just mutilation. It's like your body going wrong in some way, right? I think like it's it has just to have like a, a medical bed, like a a type of gore where it just lingers on it for long enough. Like I don't know if Maybe you right. If I you had a problem that... with like fingers being cut off, you would probably be very upset by this film. Yeah, as I was say, I think a I lot think of it that counts as body horror because that's a permanent change. That's part of the the editor's. What did someone calls him a cripple? I'm like, with a hand. They call a him bunch, a cripple yeah. constantly. Yeah. In this <laughs> a hand. I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem like I don't know. I don't think I'd call like, someone um, who wouldn't hand a cripple. The director saying, like, I wouldn't call anyone a cripple, to be fa- to be um, clear. But... Well, right, right. But I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't <laughs> even occur to me that someone would call them that, you know? It's, so, like, yeah, I love that he's like, I thought it'd be fun to have a cripple around, but no. <laughs> Insane yeah. stuff. 
I mean, I guess I don't know that much about film editing. Uh, does that? How much does that hamper you? I mean, you you just got you're pressing buttons, you're cutting things. You can do that with uh, prosthetics, right? I don't know. I think it's just that that is a further layer of parody where it's parodying the sad, the sad man who can't do his job anymore. I mean, like airplane, it's a direct line to airplane where it's like I can't fly anymore because I have a drinking problem or whatever. He he even finished the movie early. He had a finished cut. Yeah, Yeah, he was a great editor. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. He's the best. And the guy in airplane was a great pilot, I think, from what I remember. Something like that. He he say he flies the plane at the end. He flies the plane. Yeah, with a titular plane. plane. (laughs) I flew the plane. Airplane. Yeah. I I showed airplane to my family a few years ago, and they hated it. (laughs) I guess you got it's that's you know you got to know. I mean, you couldn't just show this to anyone, and they'd be like, also like it's ninety percent wordplay, and you're showing it to a group of people. It's their second language. A good point. <laughs> well, the re- <laughs> the reason being because it was fifty yen in a used bin. So yeah, what the hell? Right. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not... I mean, I'd buy that movie. It's good. Well, I did. I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have so many movies I can say that for now, including RoboCop. No, I think I paid four bucks for that on Blu-ray. But yeah, I paid. Uh, I would pay. I paid any way number of too much. For RoboCop. I got the newer I paid RoboCop like forty dollars. There's a recent oh. RoboCop documentary, and have you seen the Oreo clip that's going around? That sounds weirdly familiar. Uh, keep going. <laughs> I don't know if I want to spoil it or not, but like they're talking to some guy, oh, guy who talk- was on set who was like he was standing by with Oreos to give like Pitoella as a snack, and then he's like, "Robo wants Oreo," and he's like, "No, it's just me and you here. Say Pito wants an Oreo." <laughs> <laughs> like Robo wants Ario, Robo, and uh, uh, the whole video it looks like it's a it's a parody, right? But then it is it oh, it's Peter Weller or Paul Weller? Peter Weller, Paul Weller is okay, in the jam. Yeah, I knew one of them was a musician and one of them was Robocop. <laughs> yeah, and then it cuts to actual Peter Weller going, "I don't remember him and his fucking Arios." <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely from the real documentary. <laughs> As- Awesome! I'm gonna watch this. I, I think you're allowed to spoil that sort of thing. And it's like reenacted with like courtroom drama paintings. You could call them storyboards of reality, like I I like to do. Storyboards yeah. of reality. Um, let's see. Definitely a double cuck scene near the end. Uh, just going through <laughs> lots, of, lots of cock in here <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i like that a lot of films sort of homage like the music and the color schemes and the gore of this period without really embracing the nudity and the sexuality which this film just went in whole hog <laughs> The opening <laughs> credits are over a strip club. <laughs> I, I One of my favorite things about this film is that during sometimes people will be having conversations and someone will just be taking their clothes off in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just walk, walk through the set naked. Incredible. It's a yeah. world of casual nudity. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, these films were being shot with like the porno was being shot in like the room next door, I assume. <laughs> And it was like, yeah. do 10 pornos for us. We'll give you a speaking role in one of our horror films. Like, 
yeah there is a lot of crossover between american slasher movies and porno too west craven filmed at least one porno and i think sean cunningham did and a porno director directed friday the 13th part five which is the one with the most sex in it <laughs> oh i do need to correct your calling the opening scene a strip club i believe that is what we refer to as a scummy titty bar okay <laughs> like the one near my parents house that that would have been a I, don't, I guess maybe it's not there anymore but that would have been a scummy titty bar not a strip club <laughs> i never went in Plus i never difference. went into that <laughs> the um well the, i guess the basement of the claremont lounge is like the prime scummy titty bar uh which you said does not exist anymore is that correct or is it oh still it there? exists oh, okay. it's just that the hotel above it was gutted and refashioned as a fancy hotel with like uh restaurants on the roof and things like that so so it's a fancy hotel with a scum bar at the bottom yeah that's that's kind of cool in its own right <laughs> yeah and i have no idea how scummy the bar is anymore because it got to the point where it was just so crowded that i stopped going really mm, okay I, it's probably a little bit cleaner now and more crowded Anyway, uh, for me, it was all about 80s bar and lounge. I guess technically 70s, but uh, the, the, they, they have that scene, the bar and lounge. I'm like, yeah, I want to I wanna hang out there. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, Luke probably doesn't know that there is a lady named Blondie who is famous for crushing uh, PBR cans between her boobs. And, she can uh, still be. Is she still there? I don't think so, but I know she's still alive and she's still around. Okay. But she yeah, used yeah, to could... write weird poetry just... Uh, like handwritten poetry and then Xerox it and give a copy to my manager at the Pete's place I used to work at and she would put it on the bulletin board in the back it would just be like this nonsense <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like a legend yeah I mean oh, one yeah, time I was at Kroger and she was just like arguing with the with the cashier and I just decided not to buy anything and I just left mm. just arguing <laughs> with the cashier for a long time <laughs> I hope that was a murder Kroger it was the murder Kroger. Yeah, we, we also have a Kroger that's known as the murder Kroger because three murders have happened there. I think three murders is enough to be a murder Kroger. People, like one murder there, I think it's unfair. Yeah, mm. yeah. P people, people. I mean, I, I find it a little bit ridiculous that people celebrate it that much because a lot of people were afraid to go to murder Kroger in the nineties. But we went there all the uh, time. They tore it down and built a new Kroger, which people demand is also called murder murder kroger because they won't let it die mm. well they, I, if they really want it to be a murder kroger they should go and commit some murders in there i mean yeah. we'll see what happens it's never too late right didn't they gentrify the part town too much i mean it's pretty gentrified but you can murder somebody anywhere right yeah 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 murder is a everybody thing <laughs> yeah, that's the anywhere. great thing about murder you know it doesn't discriminate anywhere yeah, anytime and murder. ready to murder <laughs> well that's certainly the world of this movie right yeah <laughs> yeah for sure again that's i think that is the the best joke though the twist doesn't matter because literally everyone in the movies murdered someone else whether it be in the fake movie or the the <laughs> the, the movie movie or the you, you know what i'm saying or I mean, dream sequence here and that yeah 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 everyone commits murder in this movie somewhere even the detective yeah. accidentally murders his own wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, accidentally gives, with yeah, he quotations. Gives the other cop booze and tells him, Hey, I didn't it's my wife. I didn't do this. 
That also Wait, had another works. great jag where he's like, <laughs> you saw the man who did this, right? Yeah, a black man. Not my words, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wild stuff. I'm sitting here looking up reviews if someone wants to throw it out of observation. I did I mean, find the first sort of five minutes were just like a fairly accurate parody. And then it's the jokes started coming and then they came more and more. And I was like, oh, okay, no, this is a comedy and this is deliberate. And I found myself getting more into it as time went on. And by the end, I was very much digging it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was originally just going to try and not tell you what kind of movie it was so that it would completely surprise you. But I I, I told you guys <laughs> anyway. I don't, did you tell us? I told you like last night. Or oh, you said it had blood. Day. That's pretty much I, I told you it was a parody of Giallo because there was some question oh, yeah, about whether you're going to watch the I don't right have a fucking clue what Giallo is. Well, you just <laughs> you watched it one. that one time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I was going to do for the next couple of months was probably do an OSS 117 film. Have you guys seen any of those where it was like a French spy series, but they brought it back as a parody of itself? No, that sounds fun. Is a very dry, extremely dry, much more dry than this. It's just mm-hmm. basically imagine James Bond just being an asshole, mm. and so, and that's the joke. Like half the sixties James Bond. That's what I'll say. Like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's it's just he's completely the worst person on it. Anyway, um, and then like probably James that Bond. <laughs> that Indian that Indian film of uh, this like the Terminator ripoff that I. Oh yeah, I do want to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, but it's three hours long. But I was oh my God. Just like, mm. well. It'd be fun if we if we could just say, well, you can't have we have Terminator at home. This is Terminator at home. You know? <laughs> and it's longer. It's like having one and two together. Yeah, yeah I think it's longer than Avatar. Probably. <laughs> I did appreciate you picking a 90 minute movie. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> Eventually, I was going to do we're doing two movie. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that at least was I, I did save it till last night. So I did 90, 90 minutes doesn't break the bank. Yeah. Well, for okay. Matt to watch any film in its entirety is impressive, even if it is only ninety minutes. I did yeah. chase it. I did chase it with thirty minutes of Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, you I'm not Asteroid this? City, so like that's on you. <laughs> well, Asteroid City is on my computer, right? And this is I was lying in bed watching. It's it got to be on a Blu-ray, so it was. I don't have Asteroid City on a Blu-ray. Uh, I live in a crazy world where I have everything in one place and live by myself. So mm. don't know what I'm that's just like. talking about this side of the room versus that side of the room. Uh, Asteroid City is at this side of the room movie, whereas mm. Too Fast, Too Furious is at that side of the room movie. I just watch it all right here, right where I'm talking to you guys. Right, right. No, I was doing right the, the, the bad right practice now. of right, right here, right going now. to bed yeah. while watching a movie. And then you this don't is- remember where you are because you fell asleep. I remember, this is I, right I did, where I should be playing Alan Wake 2 and keep putting it off. <laughs> I did properly stop Too Fast, Too Furious, though, so I know where to start again. So I got that going for me. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, let me know if I should watch all of the Fast and Furious movies after you're done. Yes, you should. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I got... I had to get back to it. I got a bit distracted watching all those Venture films and... um. Speaking Pierce of long. Brosnan Bond movies, <laughs> uh, are those long? Those aren't long. They're are like they? two hours, no, especially. There's a few of them. 
they're not epic, but they're I think they're like Bond traditional traditionals. Old school Bond movies are just over two hours typically. I don't think they usually mm. come in under, but also you don't you don't yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies is probably not worth watching again. Whatever I think it was, Tomorrow Never Dies is aged pretty well. Was that the one with the invisible car? No, that no, I like. Well, that's, that's, that's Die um, Another Day. Okay, well, that was the one. That's the like, weird guy who likes the bad one. That's the whole <laughs> okay. movie is his fever dream <laughs> as he's rotting away in a North Korean prison. Okay, sure, that makes it better. <laughs> and then the, he, the next movie, New Bond. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> I like that. Fair enough. Uh, for the editor, is it film? Is it filth? I mean, it's, it's an kind absolute of... celebration of filth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's three it's three films within films, and all of them are full of filth. Yeah, it's just I mean, stacked. You know, phenomena was filth uh, wallowing in a in a, a pool of what maggots and gore whereas this one is mm. just in you know bright red caro syrup blood pool blood pool yep um yeah, so, the blood yeah, in this was fun absolute love filth love the car crash i forgot yeah. about that forgot to mention the car crash where the cars are just like i mean obviously his role in here is not that big but does that make Lawrence p harvey the king of filth he's up there right. Yeah, I'm sure he would enjoy being called that. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. probably. I mean, you can't just say someone like you know. Um, I was gonna say Argento because we're talking Garo, but he, I, I would call Argento yeah. an actual good director. So maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Udo Kier was in Suspiria. I mean, we haven't really talked about him. He's also in Blade, which is somehow not on the list. I don't know how. I guess uh, Lloyd Kaufman gets. Uh, it might be the king of filth. I don't know. Anyway, um, I do have a one. There's only one one star review here for yep. this movie. Um, I guess I'll read that and uh, maybe Mark look up a good one. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll do the the only one star review is so stupid. This must be one of the worst <laughs> movies ever made. Plot is random to put it mildly. Performances are shockly ba shockingly bad. Hammy in the extreme. Production values are woeful, especially for a 2014 film. Even if viewed as a parody of 70s B-grade movies, it it doesn't work. Not funny and worse than the films is parodying. Three out of seven found it helpful. Um, I mean, I didn't love it, but I thought the production values are pretty good on this. Am I wrong? Yeah, it looks incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of it was really well shot. Yeah, I think it's good. that uh, Canada money, basically. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's like it says co-produced by Canada. Film Canada or something. So, yeah, I think it's one of those things where that's the effect you get when a government actually values the arts at all. Mm. Like like every almost every year when I was running the Buried Alive Film Festival, the winning short would be something from like Chile or something because they're because the government just would give them enough money to do some kind of insane concept piece, which would not. It would be hard to even raise the money to do through Kickstarter here. Because uh, Black Rainbow is also Canadian, right? Which is maybe yes. why I'm kind of like, there might be a certain Canada look to the uh, this era of film. I don't know. So well, yeah, Videodrome is Canadian. I mean, Cronenberg's Canadian. Uh, Splice is, is Cube. Yeah, apparently he stuff. was in Star Trek. Cronenberg was in Star Trek Discovery simply because he mm -hmm. like lived down the street. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was also in um, Jason X. Really? They, they filmed that in uh, Toronto? He's just I think there. it was a Canadian production. Yes, Cronenberg's down the street. Call him. He'll show up and act for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nightbreed, which may or may not have been Canadian, but it kind of feels like a Canadian film. Not yeah, really sure. Yeah. What is the Canada feel? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're watching. I, I definitely agree, but I don't know what it is. It's just a certain kind of edginess that I find really irresistible. I don't. Mm. I can't tell you. Like body horror, I guess gore. Is it gore? Maybe the Canadians are best at we're putting vaporwave on screen, as you were saying earlier. Because like yeah, they, Beyond the Black Rainbow the... did have a lot of gore in it. Like you yeah. might not remember it for that, but it did. Yeah, so maybe it's a vaporwave touch too. I think that's it. Americans yeah. like what? What does the best for the American movies like Inherent Vice or something? I don't know. Uh, what like best? What is in, Inherent Vice the best American movie? No, no, no. I'm Are talking about American movies that get the vaporwave vibe. Oh, uh, Drive is a good example. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it feels. I think the Canadian version of it feels really smooth. Like it's mm -hmm. like. It's, I'm not saying it is digital. I mean, this might have been shot on digital, but it just feels like digital. Whereas the uh, American one is, has a little more grit, you know? But then you're showing extreme gore. Yeah. Is mm. Nightcrawler Canadian, though? I, I don't think it's... I don't know. It's in my It's in my Blu-ray folder, but I haven't watched it. It's one of those. You've never watched it at all? I bought that for a dollar. It's American. It's no, it's wonderful. You'll you'll like it. I think well, you'll like I it. heard good things. That's why I picked it up for a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a goodie for us? Yeah, I've I've got it. Okay, one here it is. Ten out of ten stars. The one of the best movie I've ever watched. Funny, stylish, fancy. This is a really amazing movie. A lot of references to Jallo, J A L L O movies and horror movies from the eighties. I look forward to new movies from these guys. One out of five found this helpful. Mine was written slightly better than yours today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to find one that was kind of funny, and the other two were just kind of no. That, that's cool. Here and dry. You know, dry I go reviews. for that. You know, I go. I take that route. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's cheap thrills. But um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed this. At least some. At least Matt. Yeah, I really I like this a lot. I think it had like it had good lines. It had some funny deliveries. The gore and the shock was like just joyfully done. I think it actually touched on like, like um, like Garth Marenghi, it did touch on like the misogyny of old films in a way which I think a lot of parodies shy away from. And yeah, I legitimately found it really funny. There's a couple of moments where I was legit like stood at a train station looking at my phone laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh, you yeah. watched this on the train. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? You're turning into the shame. turn into the OG son salary man. Yeah, I mean, I already I'm, look I'm, intimidating. I do. What I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I just feel like we we should uh, reward ourselves with a good comedy before watching the love. We get back to the list. Yeah, which I have you no know, idea. If, you get to watch Toy Story it. first. Okay, Toy Story is a great comedy. But... Next episode should be Toy Story, but then yeah, it's it's um the Love Guru, which I'll I'll tell people is also um airing on December seventh, I believe. So that makes it especially infamous. Um, oh, it's airing. Yeah. <laughs> so lo the Love <laughs> Guru amazing. coming on December seventh. What's Wait, the big deal about December seventh? Oh, that's Pearl Harbor Day, so Americans are like, it's a oh. day that lives in infamy. 
Damn. I, I think I think Pearl Harbor's just been replaced by 9-11 now. You can't have both. Yeah. You're not allowed. Yeah. Pick yeah, one. You really shouldn't have that either. Pick <laughs> one tragedy to pretend you're the only country that ever had tragedies. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick the Kent State shooting. I don't know what date that was. April 30th? I don't I don't know. I'm See, sorry. You don't know I'm either. Terrible. You can't pick, if you don't know the date, you can't pick it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm terrible leftist. Uh May 4th. May the 4th be not with you. I was like 5 days <laughs> off. I'm a genius. Yeah, you knew exactly. I think Mark what you're also pulled about. his out of his ass. <laughs> really <laughs> no, May 4th is it's actually May 4th. So No, Star May 4th is, is worst switch day. It's worst switch, what? <laughs> That's a worst dumb joke day? from Game Game Show. Oh damn. I for either I forgot or I haven't gotten to that one yet. It's um, a really old one. <laughs> okay. Then I forgot. My my brain yeah. has been compounded over with multiple game game show jokes. I think you're allowed to forget yeah. things that you heard in podcasts that you listen to regularly because you know. Especially when they're so full of nonsense and bullshit as game <laughs> game show is. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I, I should just leave that to us. Plugging away, uh, game game show, films and filth. You can support all that stuff over on Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius, where we also give you episodes early, sometimes with additional banter. Uh, I could list other shows there, but two feels like enough for the moment. Mm. Mm. See? Also, I feel like we need to update the list of shows on the Patreon page. It's well out of date. Oh, yeah, that might be the case. <laughs> I always say there. to people, oh, you should go to that link. That's the best place to find all our shows. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> just just well, search it's, it's for It's a good things. place to find two or three out-of-date shows that we don't do anymore. <laughs> we, we definitely need to make sure that people are on the right feed for this show because I think I need, I need to post about that because I have friends who actually listen to this show. So you're currently cross-posting, right, Matt? I'm currently cross-posting, so for listeners, if you're on the feed that says Films and Filth, that includes all the old Sci-Fi Sanctuary episodes, so you got lots to listen to if you haven't heard it. Uh, If you're on the other feed, you may note the name change to Ye Old Films and Filth feed, which I'll keep going for a little while, but, um, you know, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Your days are numbered. Yeah. Well, when no one's downloading them from there, I'll probably stop bothering or There's going to be like sign- 10 people who just stubbornly refuse to change forever. You've just forced <laughs> yourself to now do it twice every week for the rest of the time. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Okay. Uh, you know, ed- edit edit your podcast properly, people, says a guy who doesn't do that. Oh, my God. I just Poor got God. a notification that the Engage special episode of Game Game Show just came out. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay. I am excited. I've been excited. Yes, That's, there's your inside joke. Mm. Hey, listeners, check that out. There's an Engage special quiz. <laughs>